there are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Point nine Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul, and a very, very warm welcome to and thank you for joining us on this Erev Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Matos Mase. Big double Pasha as we conclude this Shabbos Sefer Bamidbar and work our way through the three weeks of preparation up to Tishbov, which Bez Hashem will be, or not Bez Hashem. We hope it won't happen, but either way, it will be. With the Ratzon of Hashem, that Tishbov would be next Moitzeh, next Moitzeh Shabbos. So we're preparing ourselves not only by kind of uh, carbo loading whatever we might be doing, but in preparing our minds and and our and our psyche for what it means to to mourn over the over the Beis But that's for next week. Now we are getting ready for another amazing Shabbos Kodesh, and I want to begin as always by thanking you for taking the time wherever you might be, whatever you might be doing, for two. Tuning in, lending a ear, <clears throat> and being part of our Erev Shabbos Torah discussion. And in Parshas Maseh, the second Pasha that we're going to read today, we read about the Are Miklot, the cities of refuge, which served as a home to two groups of Jews. First of all, <clears throat> it was the domicile of Shevet Levi, where the spiritual emphasis of our of our nation, and of course the person who was a rotzeach b'shoigeg, someone who unfortunately committed unintentional murder. The relationship between these two groups seems to be a bit of a stretch. I mean, they seem to be quite the opposite of one another. the The Boston Rebbe Zatzal was one of the founders of the Balchuva movement in, in America and worldwide. The Rebbe was called to address the annual Agudis Yisrael Convention. And he used this time at the podium as an opportunity to exhort observant Jews to reach out to their not yet observant brethren and sisters. Many of his addresses were later published in in uh, various magazines, and uh, and uh, perhaps maybe you could quote sort of one of the passages from his addresses, which will conclude with an explanation of why someone who killed Beshoigeg was was kind of I guess that we would use the word reminded to live together with with Shevet's lady in that rarefied kind of kind of a, a, a argument you know to live with the nation's kind of spiritual role role models right they should share their community with people who are spiritually distant from them and he says we are faced with a generation of young people who lack the knowledge and understanding of what living jewish means and we must declare ourselves partners in their guilt. They have ignored Judaism because 
of misconceptions, a lack of interest, and their own struggle for identity and meaning in life. It is our responsibility to give them the spirit and pride in being a, a Jew. We are often too preoccupied with our own growth and spiritual problems to spare time and attention for others. This must not deter us from providing the necessary help to the stranger or even at times to our own children who desperately need our attention. The Amshinava Rebbe Zatzal pointed out that even one who had committed unintentional murder had a place where he could go and be welcomed. These are in Miklat. Who lived in these cities? They were home to Shevet Levi, whose very lives were dedicated to the service of Hashem. It was their duty to help those who had committed such a terrible deed and to provide housing for them. How much more so does the obligation rest upon us to help our fellow Jews who are desperately in search of, of the of the truth. This is 11.9 FM, Soul to Soul. There's lots more coming up, so please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kedesh, Pasha's Matis Masa, big double Pasha we have this week as we finish Sefer Bamidbar, and of course this is also the middle Shabbos of the three-week morning period, so lots and lots going on. On this particular Shabbos, as we get ready for another amazing, amazing Shabbos Kodesh. Now, because it is a three weeks, so obviously we'd like to speak something that is relevant to perhaps character refinement, to somehow working on some of the things that we need to work on in terms of improving our behavior, so that Bez Hashem, we can merit very soon that this Golos and this exile and the kind of predicaments that we're living through now can all be something of the past and we can march forward to greet the Melech HaMashiach. So let's look at the very, very beginning of, of our Pasha. At the very beginning of the Pasha, the Torah gives us a mitzvah, the very first mitzvah that Moshe Rabbeinu says over to Klaiso, kind of as part of his own narrative. And he tells them to be very, very careful in terms of promises or oaths that a person may may make. The ish yidar nedel Hashem, if a man will make a promise to Hashem, or yishov ha-shavuah, or he'll take an oath, lesser isa al-nafshay, to take something that is actually permitted, and by dint of your declaration, you want to make it Forbidden, I promise that I will not do this or I will not eat this or whatever it might be or a kind of an oath. So, very careful. Don't profane your words. Don't say something and then don't perhaps not keep what you're going to say, not fulfill the, the dictate of the promise that you made. On the contrary, 
And whatever it is that comes out of your mouth, any declaration, any promise, any commitment that a person makes verbally, you must keep that, you must fulfill it, you must bring it to, to fruition. Now, this wasn't the first time the Jews had heard a command like this. The Jews were also commanded way back at Hasinai as part of the Aseris Adibris, where the third of the Aseris Adibris is, Loisisa Eshem Hashem Lakechalashov. Don't, literally, don't take Hashem's name in vain. Because Hashem will not consider innocent someone who mentions Hashem's name in, in vain. In other words, that already there, it was forbidden for a person to swear any kind of oath that is not a valid oath, as Rashi there explains. Now, we got to understand, perhaps, why is it that such an issue of a person making a, a false oath why is that such a serious uh, uh, issue that it had to be said in the in the Aseris Adibris and again repeated repeated over here? So the Zayar says in Zayar actually in in Megillus Rus says that after Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the earth, so Hakadosh Baruch Hu commanded that the earth should be visible to everyone. In other words, that all the water that previously had been covering the entire earth, because when Hashem created the water originally, it covered everything. As it says in the Pasuk, On day three of creation, Hashem commanded that the water should be consolidated, the water should be kind of joined together into one place, so that the dry land can be visible, and that's in fact uh, uh, what happens. So, in other words, that we see that the, the water wanted and originally did cover the entire dry land, right? And, and uh, as, as it was always, the, the water wasn't happy with having to constrict itself until, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu yelled at them and they ran back to their place and, and we have the land as we have it. But the reality was that the water, the water felt very upset and very, very insulted that they had to constrain themselves and restrict themselves to a limited space and weren't able to spread over the entire earth. As it says, Pasuk in, uh, in, uh, Tehillim, it says, uh, right? We know the, the, the depth covered the earth like a garment. Even over the mountains were covered by water. But because of your shouting, they ran away. From the sound of your thunder, they were, they were frightened. The mountains went up. The valleys go down. This was the place you said for them. Samta. And Hashem set a border for the water. You may not pass these borders, 
You may not go back and cover the land. This, of course, is from Kapitel Kuftalid, the Borchinavshi, that we say every, every, uh, uh, Rosh Chodesh. So we see that the, the, the earth, the, the earth was originally covered by the water and the water was very happy with that situation. And it took Akadosh Borchu intervening in a very, very strong way to create a situation where there would be dry land. And even though the water actually fled from the, the uh, protests of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they still, they, that, that didn't mean that they sort of accepted it and just settled down like little mice and did what they were told. No, they still have not quieted down. They wanted again to come back and cover the, the earth as they did originally. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu took, says, a, a piece of pottery and he, he engraved into that piece of pottery his holy names of Hashem and he threw them, he threw that piece of pottery into the water, into the depth of the water and straight away the water sat down and, 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 and settled. Now, the Gemara in, in Masechus Sukkah tells us that when David HaMelech wanted to build the, the foundations for the Beis HaMikdash, so he, he, mu- he must have uncovered something, covered perhaps the stopper that was keeping the waters of the depths in their place. So it says the time rose up, the depth rose up, and wanted to drown the entire world. So David said, does anybody know, would I be allowed to write the holy name of Hashem on a piece of pottery and throw it into the time in order that it should retreat and, and, and uh, stop threatening us? And it says there wasn't anyone who said anything there. Said David, anyone who knows this information and doesn't tell me, so you should, you should, uh, you should choke to death. So Achitofel, who was one of the great, great leaders of the, of the generation, he made a logical uh, uh, conclusion to himself. And he said, if you already see that in the case of a woman who is suspected by her husband of, of carrying on with another man, of cavorting with another man, and he warns her, don't be with this man, and she does anyway, and we just don't know, did she do something terrible, or did they just have coffee together? So in order to find out, we have a whole process where she's taken to the base of Mikdash, and she's given a certain drink to drink, and in that drink is the entire portion of the Torah that deals with that subject, which is, includes names of Hashem that is erased into the water. And the Torah says that even that Hashem's name, even though it's written with such holiness, it should be erased into the water by the sight uh, in order to finally establish peace between man and, and wife. So certainly to make peace for the entire world, to save the entire world from destruction by the water, certainly that should be allowable. So he said to David, it's permissible. So David Melch wrote the name of Hashem on a piece of, of pottery and he threw it 
into the depths and the water subsided and went down 16,000 amas. David realized this was too far of a dissension. And he said then the 15 Shiramilases and each one raised the water 1,000 amas till it was only 1,000 amas below the surface of the earth, which is where it's supposed to be. Now we need to explain this, but we're going to take a break and come back in a moment. This is 101.9 High FM. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Matas, Masay, 5, 7, 8, 2, as we, read, as we today enter Chodesh Av and begin the nine-day mourning period that leads up to Tishbov, which will be Bezos Hashem, if nothing good happens. In the meantime, like Mashiach coming, will be, please God, next Moitzah Shabbos and Sunday, although, of course, the actual date of Tishbov will be next Shabbos, but we don't fast on Shabbos, so we push it off until Sunday. We are talking about the concept of how the water originally covered the entire the entire earth and Hashem had to scream at it and actually throw a piece of of of, of a parchment or sorry uh, with his name on it to get the water to subside and the Gemara tells us that David did the same when he was digging the foundations for the base Amikdash. What does this all mean? So the Zayra Kodesh says in Pasha's Yisrael it says that the whole reason that the re- that the water doesn't keep rising even today and threaten to drown the entire world is because of that piece of pottery that Hakadosh Baruch Hu threw into the water in the in the depth and uh, where on that on that piece of of of, of pottery were all the names of of Hashem, but. When David HaMelech was digging the foundations for the base of Mikdash, he saw there, he saw that piece of pottery that Hashem had placed, that was, so to speak, the stopper that was blocking the waters and keeping it in the depth. And he lifted up that piece of pottery, even though the, the pottery, so to speak, opened its mouth and warned him not to move it, as the Yerushalmi, Yerushalmi says. And therefore, well, since he did, the water again began to rise up, and they wanted to, to flood the entire world until Dabla Melech himself wrote the name of Hashem on another piece of pottery and throw it into the water that it should go back down. Zaira Kalish continues and says, if a person takes a false oath, so then the letters of the holy name of Hashem, which are engraved onto that, uh, onto that piece of, of pottery, those letters fly off and they fly into the depth and they scatter. And therefore the water that's in the depths now again tries to go up and, and tries to uh, uh, come and, God forbid, cover and, and drown the entire world as it was originally, and to bring it back to the situation that we had before of of, of total emptiness. And therefore, <clears throat> when a person swears falsely, 
<coughs> he puts the entire world into danger because he causes that slowly but surely that name of Hashem is erased from that piece of pottery that is blocking the water from coming out of the depth and the water could break loose and come up and God forbid destroy the world and, and bring the, the world back to 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 emptiness. And if a person swears falsely, so then the water gains and gathers strength and and uh, and is is kind of slowly but surely loosening that cover that holds it in place until those letters and the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu all fly away and remove themselves from the cover and 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 uh, and, and uh, at that time it actually the water is given permission <coughs> to gather its strength, and to, to drown the world. And at that time, HaKadosh Baruch Hu uh, 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 hints to the Malach of Hashem and to Yazriel, his, his name is um, Yazriel, and he's in charge <coughs> on the 70 keys, and he starts writing a new piece of of shard with again with the names of Hashem uh, on on them, and then the water uh, you know, the water of the time goes back to its to its original original place, and that's how the world is saved from being drowned by by water. But says Isaiah, woe to that person that causes the the God forbid that the letters of Hashem's name are flying off that piece of that piece of pottery. And, and you, so to speak, <coughs> such thing can be said, you are imposing now upon HaKadosh Baruch Hu to go and write a new piece of parchment to keep the world in existence. The Chidah writes that this is the reason <coughs> that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said on Asinai, the warning of don't take Hashem's name in vain because Hashem will not consider innocent someone who mentions his name in, in vain so it says the entire world was shaking which we don't find that that, that occurred by any of the other of the, of the Aseris of the Aseris Adibris why? because the power of someone who takes a false oath is actually a, 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 a such a damaging power that it could bring about the destruction of the whole, of the whole world. So we just need to understand what is this whole concept that the water wants to drown the world and to cover the dry land as it was before, right? What what, what does the water care? Right? If if the if the dry land is visible enough, why does it why does it have this passion and need to want to cover and recover the, the, the dry land? So it's brought in the in the uh, in this forum that we know that the world was created using four fundamental ingredients fire, wind, water, and dust. The foundation of dust is the most physical of all of the four. And from that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created all the physical parts of the human being. As in fact, the Pesach says, Hashem created man, 
earth from the ground. And he infused into him a, a, a living neshama, right, a piece of Hashem himself. And man became a living, a living being. Right? His name is Adam. Right? Why? Because he comes from a place of his creation and, and uh, he reminds us of the very physicality of, of, of what, what he is and, and what he was created. Adama, Adam is Adama. Right? And because of his creation by earth from the ground, it says in the Medrash, in fact, Rav Huna says that Ofar is male, right? But Adama is, is Nekeva. Now, uh, uh, the, the, the comparison between these two words of offer and chayme, raw material, so we see that several times in, 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 in the Tanakh, and it, it kind of creates a connection between these two basics. It says the Poskin in Eoiv says, af sheichne bate chayme, those who live in houses of Raw material, asher be'afar yisaydam, which their 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 basic ingredients, their root is from the dust. Or it says, Zaharna, remember, ki kachaymer asisani, you made me out of out of raw material, ve'al afar tishiveni, and to the dust you're going to bring me back. Or in the third pasuk says, zechroinechem, the remembrance of you, mishlei. You are compared to dust in comparison to the raw material of, of your of your of your children. So the the concept that the basic fundamental of dust is considered the, 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 the very very basic ingredient of raw material, which is which is the most degraded and, and the most lowest of all of all things. Because that is <clears throat> it, it it has no life force. It cannot it cannot move. Fire can move, right? The wind can can blow, water can blow. Dust dust does nothing. But even that which is the lowest of all of all of the of the four species since it forms what we call our ground, which is the lowest element of our lives, therefore, in order, uh, uh, in order to, um, when when we when we want to express our desire to be modest and and lowly, so what do we compare ourselves to? To earth, as we say at the very end of Ashman Esrei, let my soul be like dust to, to everybody. After Adam did the sin, so he was told, Ki you are dust, and you're going to return to dust. Because the body of a human being goes back to the dust of, of the earth exactly like, like an animal. Which is also created from from the dust, as Hashem says, Let the earth produce all kinds of live beings according to its species. All of these things that crawl on the ground, 
Vayichen, and that's what happened. So, from this, in fact, Adam Arishan learnt that in his in his physical nature, he is exactly like any other animal. His body is like their body, right? And 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 they were comp- and they were compared and they were so created from the same material. Now, because we are created from the lowest element of all, so our body expresses the most physical, the most gross, the most animalistic desires that that try to pull us down all the way to the bottom of of, of this world. And, and with these with these terrible, terrible, lowly desires and, and, and egotistical desires, so we have to fight with them. We have to deal with them and, and control them. How? Through, through the Torah. The Torah gives us the ability to, to quash and to, and to control and to dominate over these very, very low physical forces. And in spite of the fact that the human body is completely a, a, a physical and, and, and just like just like the earth. However, the, the, the person who allows the sort of command of his body to be taken over by the Neshama Elakis, so that's, that really, that really is who we, we are. In fact, as the Torah says, when man was created, right? Hashem put, took us earth, but he put into us the Nishmas Chaim. It doesn't say about that any other living, living being. That after Hashem created the body of all the animals from Ofra Adama, did he put in a Shema. It's only Adam who was given the Nishmas Chaim. And that's why Chazal say there were six things said about a human being, and three are animalistic, and three ways we're more similar to, to, to the angels. The three that are like the behemoth, we eat, we drink like animals, and we propagate like, like animals. And we produce waste products like animals. The three in which we're like the Malchiasharis, that we have uh, a deep sense of understanding, what the what Chamedrus calls Bina, like Malachim, and we're able to walk uh, 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 erect like the Malchiasharis, and we can speak Lashna Kodesh, like, like the Malchiasharis. In other words, the Torah teaches us that a person who's made from these two opposites, from the lowest of the low, right, the offer and the neshama, which is, is heavenly, right, that testifies on, on the, uh, the, the, this great tension, this great quarrel that goes on in, in, this, in this world, right, our feet are, are deep, deep on the ground, but our seichel is, is high up in, in, in the shemaim. And that's in fact what the Arachayim Akarish writes in Parshas Bracious. Says the the intention of the Psukim is that the person is is a is a mixture is a fusion of all four of the of the basic fundamentals. We have Esh, right, Ruach, Mayim, and Ofer, and they are all in different levels. That the lowest of the four is, of course, the dust, because that's that's just physical. It just has has nothing to it. Above that is water. Above that is fire, 
And the highest of them all is the Ruach, which is the, the Ruch, and it's the most spiritual of, of all of them. And therefore it comes out that everything that was created in the world, even though that all of them have, have uh, equations of all four elements in them, nevertheless, all other beings, their main uh, ingredient was the earth. And uh, the th- other three are just secondary to, to it. There's some where there are some other things that are, are mainly water, like the big fish in the water, some that their main fundamental ingredient is the ruach, like the birds, but the Adam, so we have the, the, the fundamental upon which we're built is the offer. That's the main one. As it says, Hashem created us from, from, uh, from offer, which is the, the, the most physical, the heaviest of all of the four fundamentals. And therefore, and, and therefore that's where we end up in, in, in the, in, in the earth. And we can't live in water. We can't live in air. We can't live in fire because we come from the earth. And therefore Hashem did this for many, many reasons. One of them is that this is the ladder that we're able, we would be, so to speak, mired in the complexity of all of them and would never be able to achieve what we can achieve as human beings. Why are we able to achieve much? Because although our very basic ingredient is Afarmin Adama, is Eretz, the, the, the Mephoshim say, why is it called Eretz? Eretz because it really wants to do the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. as As much as the earth is physical and as much as it's, it pulls us down and tries to get us involved in, in physical, in physical things, that's only because that's its, that's, that's its nature. But what's its desire? What does the earth really want? The earth wants to be pulled upwards. And to do last night's, Oretz comes the word Ratzin. It wants to do the will, the will of Hashem. So therefore, the composite of human being is, yes, we start, we live on this earth. But the earth, as much as it's dragging us down, is pushing us, it's inspiring us, that it also wants to do the will of Hashem. And therefore, it's slowly pushing us up. Please, don't remain at earthly. Get involved in Aish. Get involved in the passion of wanting to do what Hashem wants. Get involved in Mayim. Mayim, of course, is, is Taira. And of course, eventually, get to the Ruach, get to the spirituality. When the four elements are working in conjunction as Hashem intended us to, then we are, there's no limit to how high we can reach. We can reach all the way up to the Shemaim. But when we get totally stuck in the physical and when the, 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 the earthly basis of human being is separated and set apart from it with the other the other elements and it becomes just the physical being then it becomes completely completely physical and it drags the person down and down and down and therefore we know the Gemara says <coughs> that anything which is connected to the ground we know is not able to to become even tummy and even something which was 
disconnected from its connection to ground, if you would replant it, so then it loses its ability to become to become uh, to become tummy, as as we see, and therefore we can understand the Gemara in Shabbos, which says that Rav Shimon Bar Yochai and his son Rabbi Lazar, when they were in the cave, so they would take off their clothing and they would cover themselves in in sand when they were learning Torah, and 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 the and the Gemara gives a reason for that in order that the clothing shouldn't get worn out. In other words, the begotten, the, the begotten should remain should remain fresh. Why couldn't Hashem in the same way as He provided a miracle to make a carob tree so they could eat and a source of water so they could drink, why couldn't He make their clothing not wear out? But the point was that this was to show them and the entire world that in what, what they accomplished in the cave was to completely, completely revitalize the earth in them and make that into a spiritual and completely spiritual entity. That is what a human being is about. And therefore, we live in a world, yes, a world that is physical, but our job is to, as the earth itself wants, to do the will of Hashem, to use all these four elements and get to the level of ruach, to spirituality, to, to where we are similar to, to angels. When, however, a, a man acts in such a way where he uses his speech to say something false that he doesn't keep or perhaps even to speak negative about other people. He ruins the entire structure of, of creation. And then, in fact, the, human, the building block of man is no longer the earth. We've corrupted the earth. And therefore, water, which is the next level up, says, I'm going to take over. I'm going to control. I'm going to dominate. I'm going to cover the earth. And therefore, the lesson as we go into these three weeks is let's ensure that we, we guard our speech and, and, and kind of calculate our development to rise to all the levels, to reach the level where we become truly ruchni and are able to keep the water at bay. This is one 1.9 High FM program, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul. Back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Matas, Masai, Tavshin, Pei, Beis, as we get ready for another amazing Shabbos. Thank you for those who joined us just now. Thank you for taking the time on your very busy Friday afternoons to come join us as we get ready for the first Shabbos of the nine days, the Shabbos of Chazak, of Sefer Midbar, and we're going to, please God, next week start Sefer Devarim, which of course means Tishabov is coming next month to Shabbos, and if Tishabov is coming, then we know that Rosh Hashanah cannot be that far behind. But let's stay local, let's talk about this Shabbos as it comes. So, the earliest time for benching Licht this afternoon is at 4.32. 4.32 is the earliest time you can get your Shabbos candles up and do so. Right? Let's get everything organized. Let's get Shabbos in our lives as soon as possible because we need, we need Shabbos after a hectic week of all sorts of activities and, and pressures and situations we were involved in. We need to be able to sort of turn off the external input button and just really work 
on developing ourselves, on calming ourselves down, and on connecting to where we really need to be connecting to Melech Machi Amlochem to Hakadosh to the King of the Universe, to our Father, to our King, to our the one who loves us the 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 most. The latest time for benching Licht this afternoon is at 5.22. 5.22 is the actual beginning of Shabbos. Please make sure everything that one needs to do is done before then so that we can really start Shabbos on time, right? For the guys, really, already, be, if you're going to drive to Shul, you should already be in Shul with your car parked and your keys away in the locker at 22 minutes past Five, so we can really start Shabbos Davin Mincha with the congregation and really get into Shabbos as it should not go running around frenetically like a chicken without a head trying to find your head in the very, very last minutes. Find it before the last minutes so that you can go into Shabbos with your head securely on your shoulders. If you're really, really, really in trouble, so then sunset today is at, will be at 5.40, 20 minutes to 6. And therefore, if you're really, really in sort of injury time and you need those extra minutes in an emergency situation, you have them until 5.40. And therefore, if you want to be able to dive in my tonight and not have to repeat the Kriyashima afterwards, you want to be set and, so to speak, done uh, uh, and so that you can sit down to an amazing, amazing Shabbos meal and that will happen, of course, at 5.58. That is night, uh, three stars already. And you can, Davin Mayrev, say the Krishma, fulfill the mitzvah of saying the Krishma at night, and then really settle down with the family for a amazing, amazing Shabbos, Shabbos dinner, especially uh, uh, tasty and especially loved because this is a Shabbos, of course. But during the nine days, we know that during the week, you won't be able to have any meat items, so savor them and enjoy them. Of course, we do every Shabbos, savor and enjoy them, but even more so on this on this uh, Shabbos. Tomorrow is a very, very long laning. It's the last two Pashas of Sefer Bamidba. I think in total, they uh, there are about 244 uh, of quite a, quite a quite a mouthful, quite a lot of uh, Rashi and commentaries to get through on, on this week's on this week's Pasha, and of course, because it's the end of Sefer Bamidbar, we end by saying Chazak, Chazak Venis Chazek. We strengthen ourselves and 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 prepare that the uh, person who got called up for that Aliyah and all of us should just, as we finish one book and get ready to start another, we add a little bit more energy. We say, this one I'm going to do even better than the last. I'm going to grow. I'm going to understand more. I'm going to use all the insight that I learned in all the previous books and apply them to learning what we're going to learn, what we're going to learn now. It's an amazing, amazing opportunity. The Haftarah is the Haftarah of Pashas Masay, the second Haftarah of the three weeks uh, leading up to Tishbav, which is from Yom Yo, Perik Beis, uh, uh, and uh, and uh, we read that by Yidavar Hashem Eli Lemar. We read that that Haftira, and then the Shabbos proceeds. Baruch Hashem, the Pirkeiovus for this week will be Perik Beis. We've started again now for the third time since since Pesach, and it's great. It gives us really a chance to get into it, to learn, to understand what some of these Mishnayos 
are 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 talking are talking about it's a wonderful wonderful thing to to be involved in and Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 6:13 13 minutes past 6 is the termination of of uh, of Shabbos and of course we are in the 9 days so there are different customs about the Havdalah we're talking about Havdalah about the Havdalah tomorrow night some have the custom to specifically make it on a on a non not wine beverage because we can't have wine during the nine days they might use some beer or something like that but many do have the custom to as since they always make have dollar every week over wine or grape juice they may continue to do so just uh, perhaps one shouldn't uh, maybe share it with the family as one maybe often often does but uh says that either one if there's a, a child uh, old enough to understand, but not yet old enough to really be mourning, sort of maybe between the age of 7 and 10 or something like that. You could give him the wine to drink if he's listening to Avdallah and fulfills his obligation by listening. Otherwise, it is feasible if there's no such child available that the person making the Avdallah could drink the wine, drink the wine him, him, uh, him, himself. Right, so we started last week a little bit talking about the candle that we use at Avdallah, and we said the candle was there, was instituted to commemorate the fact that on the first Moetzei Shabbat of creation, when the world finally got dark, and Adam thought that this was a total destruction, and Hashem uh, showed him how to take two flintstones, whatever, and, and, and rub them together and create fire and in gratitude for the difference that and contribution that fire has made to the world, we make a bracha on that on the anniversary of its creation on on Moetzei on Moetzei uh, 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 Shabbos, and uh, we we said that uh, that if you don't have a proper sort of braided candle, you could just take two candles and put them together and create a large flame. If one only has access to one candle, you could even make a bracha. Over a a single over a single candle, if that is all you uh, you you have, and and we said that one should actually have a benefit from the the uh, the the candle and actually come come close enough to be able to actually uh, see in the uh, uh, from the light of the of the of the candle, right and. Uh, um, it really should be bright enough that even if there was no other, let's say, electric light, it would have been possible to, by the light of the flame, distinguish between two different denominations of, of coins. And in fact, we have the custom to, to do this by looking at the, the, uh, the, uh, our, finger, our fingernails and... Uh, and the place, the, the connection point between the fingers and the and the actual nails, the nail beds, and uh, we see that this is a a, a sign of of, uh, of 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 blessing. The way we actually do it is you first uh, uh, close your hand, make a fist around your thumb. Your thumb should be in the fist, and then look from that position at the cuticles. The, the the point between the can the between the nails and the fingers and then we turn our hands over with the fingers 
with the palm facing down, but the fingers extended, and then we look at the hand from that vantage point, and that is the correct way of making the bracha of Bayre Me'are Ha'esh. As I said, someone who's far away should come close enough to be able to do this little test and and have benefits from from the uh, the, the the candles, right? And, and for all the people who are hearing Avdallah should see the candle and and be able to have benefit benefit from uh, from from it. Now, someone who heard Avdallah but maybe never got to see the light of a candle has fulfilled the obligation of Avdallah, but he has not yet fulfilled the mitzvah to thank Hashem for his creation of a fire. And it would be a mitzvah for that person to, in, even independently, light his own fire and make a bracha over it. says And if you perhaps saw the candle, you were far away, but you weren't, and you weren't close enough to be able to actually look at your, your, your fingernails, so then you shouldn't make a bracha Again, because some say that once you saw the candle, even though you haven't uh, been able to dis- uh, personally distinguish, uh, you've already fulfilled your your uh, your obligation. Now, those uh, uh, many people have the custom to actually extinguish the electric light in the room at the time when they're making the bracha over the candle, so that they can actually have real benefit from the the light. Of that uh, of that candle, and therefore, even those who'd be standing far away would, using the light of the candle, be able to have a look at at their at their at their fingers. We'll come back with some closing comments in a moment. This one one point nine high FM, soul to soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on one hundred one point nine high FM. 1.9 Chai FM Soul to Soul back on your radio air of Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Matas Masay Tovshin Pei Beis we have just the last few minutes before we all go scurrying off back to our little holes to do what we need to do to prepare ourselves for, for Shabbos so just a couple of last minutes halachas in terms of uh, Havdalah candles so you can only make a bracha on a candle that was specifically lit for the purpose of giving uh, a light, but candles that we're living were lit just for honor to to add festivity to an occasion. You cannot make bracha over that. In other words, you cannot make a bracha over a a yard site light, which was lit to commemorate maybe someone who uh, is uh, uh, has yard site that night or nishdog doctor shiva or on a candle that they used to light in in the shul by the uh, omad where the chazan stands. Those are not specifically for light. Those are for for honor of the occasion. Because, right, uh, and they're not there for, for, for light. There were some of the acharenim that would, uh, that permit making a bracha even over an electric globe and saying boim nireish because the truth is according to many uh, electricity has does uh, in use the concept of of fire but however many disagree with that 
and they say that one should not make a bar ace over an electric uh, globe because it's not really considered like fire because fire uh, uh, burns based on oxygen and an, an electric globe uh, does not uh, need any oxygen but it, it uses a, a, a filament which causes it to, to burn. And even if we say that filament is called fire, still we don't make a bracha over fire which is covered up in a, in a, in a glass because since the bracha uh, over the, over the uh, candle was instituted in order to commemorate the fire that, uh, that Osmorishan produced on that very, very first dark moment of Shabbos. So it needs to be similar to that type of fire, which was obviously visible without any glass covering, glass covering over it. So that's the kind of candle we should, we should use for, for Havdalah. That about is going to, uh, uh, end the time we have together on this Shabbos, as always, it is such a pleasure and such an honor to have the opportunity to spend time with you and, and learn together something on every Erev Shabbos. It really, really, I, I'm so privileged to be able to do so. I hope that all of our radio family gets something out of it, enjoys, maybe has something new and, and different that they didn't know, a different angle on the Pasha on on matters that we discuss that you can bring to the Shabbos table that you can discuss, that you can ruminate over in your own quiet moments so that you can fill your head with with uh, with Torah, which of course we've spoken so often, is such an important part of the Shabbos experience. In fact, we've often brought the Gemara that the whole reason why Hashem gave us uh, Shabbos and Yom Tov was so that we could spend more time learning Torah, and that certainly is something that adds so much to our Shabbos. Of course, we need to eat and and drink and spend family time and and sing Zmiris and say the Torah, but but learning is something that's just so, so important. In the meantime, I'm going to take my leave from you and wish every single one of our radio family a beautiful gishmak and wonderful Shabbos. And Bez Hashem, with the help of Hashem, we look forward to being able to spend some time together next week as we prepare for next week's coming Shabbos, which of course leads us into Tishabov, but we'll deal with that Bez Hashem next week if we have to. To each of our radio members, a very, very beautiful and wonderful good Shabbos. And of course, good Chodesh, because today, of course, is Rosh Chodesh. Bye-bye now.